Welcome back to another episode of Peter's Proffer here in the courtroom of current events, and we've got some political specials coming on this week. We are going to start today with Trump and whether or not he can actually stop this peaceful transition of power. Um, We've got an episode where I talked to my dad, George Tragos, about how a president can try to fight this peaceful transition of power and whether or not we think Trump is going to do it, and if he does, whether or not he will be successful. And just in case anybody thinks we are making this up out of left field or they have lived under a rock for the last few months, we are going to start this episode with an audio clip of Trump discussing the topic of a peaceful transition of power. Will you commit to making sure that there is a peaceful transfer of power after the election? Well, we're going to have to see what happens. You know that I've been complaining very strongly about the ballots, and the ballots are a disaster. I and, understand that, but and, people are rioting. Do you commit oh, to making sure that there's a no, peaceful want, transfer of power? We want to have get rid of the ballots, and you'll have a very trans. We'll have a very peaceful. There won't be a transfer, frankly. There'll be a continuation. Uh, the ballots are out of control. You know it. And you know who knows it better than anybody else? The Democrats know it better. On today's episode of The Lawyer, you know I've got my dad, George Tragos, on to talk about some of the clips we just saw and people have heard for the last few months that Trump might not go quietly should he lose the election in November. And my question is, how can a president in today's day and age refuse to accept an election where he loses in a democracy and a free country like America? Well, there's really only two ways. One is you do a court battle, you do it the legally sufficient way, or you do it by force, physical. Okay, so when you talk about by force, which I think is the less common way for something like this to be challenged, what would that look like in today's day and age? How could Trump physically refuse to leave the White House? Well, he can take a playbook from third world countries where presidents refuse to leave, where you get the Joint Chiefs of Staff behind you. They surround the White House with tanks, and they make sure that you stay president by their physical sheer force. So that sounds like the Trump way, but how would he actually do that? He'd have to convince them that there was some kind of fraud, or like how would would he even command them still to do so? He would have to convince them. You know, the Joint Chiefs are a fairly independent group, um, and they would have to be convinced that the country would just go into a disaster, it'd be all over, the end of the world, if Trump didn't stay as president. He would believe that he is the commander-in-chief. He would order them to do it. Um, They're an independent bunch, but if they felt that the end of the world was coming, they would do it. But he's not the commander-in-chief anymore, right? So once he loses the election, he loses that position, so he wouldn't even rightfully be able to order them to protect the White House while he stayed in it. Well, the, the 20th Amendment established noon January 20th as the day he stops being president and the new person becomes president. It also in turn becomes commander in chief, right? Right. Okay. So I I don't think it's likely then that he stays in the White House by force, although he may think it is. Of course, there's another option. Maybe the Secret Service would, you know, protect him and keep him in the White House. But again, highly unlikely. Right. So then let's talk about the legal battle that could ensue. We all remember Bush v. Gore. We've heard about recounts in the past. We just had one recently in Florida for the governor race. What would a legal battle look like for Trump to fight the results of this election? I think it would have to involve fraud. I think it would have to involve something that would be so criminal that would invalidate the total election. And he'd have to convince the Supreme Court, first of all, to hear the case. And if he did convince them to hear the case, then he'd really have to convince them, again, widespread fraud. 
So we've done a podcast on how the Supreme Court comes to hear cases. I think it was on appeals in different courts and how they decide what cases they're going to listen to or not. This one obviously would be of the utmost importance for them to determine whether or not they want to hear it. But what would he, how would he show fraud? What would the fraud look like in this election? What is he pointing to as something that may be fraudulent in order to get it to the Supreme Court? As far as the ballots are concerned, it's a disaster. A solicited ballot, okay, solicited is okay. You're soliciting, you're asking, they send it back, you send it back. I did that. If you have an unsolicited, they're sending millions of ballots all over the country. There's fraud. They found them in creeks. They found some with the name Trump. Just happened to have the name Trump just the other day in a waste paper basket. They're being sent all over the place. And take a look at what happened in New Jersey. Take a look at what happened in Virginia and other places. They're not losing 2 percent, 1 percent, which, by the way, is too much. An election could be won or lost with that. They're losing 30 and 40 percent. This is going to be a fraud like you've never seen. Well, he's already come up with the idea that we have these mail-in ballots. Unsolicited mail-in ballots. Right. And they're fraudulent. And and he's found some examples. We've seen uh, in trash cans ballots where Trump was checked and thrown. Trump just happened to be the name on them. Right. We've seen that mail carriers refused uh, or haven't delivered the ballots to certain Republican areas. They've been isolated, but nothing's been intentional fraud yet. But there's been these isolated incidents. If he can show enough widespread fraud throughout the country that it would have made a difference in the election, the Supreme Court probably could invalidate the election. But that's highly unlikely. Well, it's never been done before. Right. It's a whole new and, and the other route. thing is it would have to be a pretty close election because if it's 10% or something between them, then they're unlikely to hear it. There's unlikely to be that much fraud. But if it's within one percentile, which things have come down to in the past, especially for governor like we've talked about, then I think he may have a better chance for them to at least look at it. Right. There's, going, you know, there's a situation where, you know, for instance, there have been governors who have not left office. And what happens in those cases? Well, sometimes they've had to been forced out by the state troopers. Uh, Georgia at one time had three people saying they were governor. Um, and they, they had to be forced out oh, or yes. convinced to leave. It has happened in some race, never the president. So let's say he does file a lawsuit. Is there some sort of injunction he files with it so that he stays in office until they make a determination as to whether or not this was a fraudulent election? I think that's probably the most likely way, yes, for an injunction to have him stay there. Um, an injunction forces somebody to do something or stops someone right. from doing something. It's not for monetary value, but so an injunction in this case would hold everything, pause everything, everyone stay where you are, including him sitting in the White House. Yeah, and again, this is all new territory. It's never happened before in our country. Um, George Washington, when he didn't run for his third term, even though they wanted him to, right. and John Adams got elected, George Washington specifically walked behind John Adams to show that he was subservient now to John Adams. And we've seen, you know, in the past, presidents write letters and leave them in the, the oh, desk. So in the George Bush wrote one for Clinton saying, you are now our president. Right, exactly. And that's always great for the country to feel united. And it's just not another way that Trump is not necessarily doing that. And he hasn't said he's not going to uh, transfer power peaceably, but he's definitely left the door open and not answered the question when it's been asked of him. So I guess we don't know all the details of what's going to shake out in the election yet. We don't know who's going to win or lose or how those ballots are going to come in. 
So we'll keep an eye toward the future, but I don't think it's likely that he'd be successful in stopping a an election that he lost in November. Wouldn't you like to know if Trump wrote a letter? Biden wins. Wouldn't you like to see the letter that Trump writes to Biden and leaves, like, and leaves that, in the president's desk? Debate, I'd like to see the letter, but thanks for listening to this episode. Hopefully you guys learned something, and we'll be back with you next time.